Welcome back to Yes X or No Audio. Hello, curious curmudgeonly community. Welcome to Week in Review, Episode 3, Week 19, 2023. We have only five articles uh, this week to review, so same program as last time. A quick review of four of them, uh, then a blurb on a whole lot of stuff that happened that I couldn't write about. And then uh, one of those articles will be uh, appended to the end for a little bit of further review. So we started on Monday with the 57 links article, which was well taken, although there was not a lot to the writing in it. It was just, here you go, have fun. Um, People seem to have found that useful, which is great. So good luck to you. Um, We move on the next morning to nuclear-armed mafia turf wars, which was actually an interesting morning. I usually spend the first hour or so of the day just looking at what's out there on the news, usually starting with news.antiwar.com and then, you know, working through other people like, you know, Caitlin Johnston and Shear Post and whatever else. And But this morning, and then somewhere in that I'll go, is there something to write about, la, la, la. But this morning it just hit me straight away from looking at um, news.antiwar.com. And it was just all of this dumb shittery that the US was doing and sort of counter tactics by the SEO bricks, Global South, call them what you want, community. And I just went, I've been writing about this forever and here are just all these articles that illustrate the exact purpose. So that was what that article was about. And it was sort of nice to write. And then, shiver me timbers, I get up the next morning and it's the same shit again. I thought, all right, I'll do that too. And that, so therefore we got same, same, but different. Because it's basically the same story, different news items, but the same theme happening again. So sorry if that, that was a little bit boring, but yeah, I just, come on guys. <sighs> anyway. That was, that was sort of fun to do. And then the last two articles of the week are the good news articles. And the first of those I will reserve for the last section of Week in Review. And the second was actually a new type of article for me. Doing, what did I call it? Channeling a little inner Mercurius. So one of the things that Alexander Mercurius from the Durand is quite good at is reading between the lines on the readouts from diplomatic meetings. meetings. And I've quite enjoyed listening to him as he picks apart these things. He's quite good at it. So I thought I'd try my hand at the, the same task because he had not commented upon this meeting between China and the U.S., which was a major meeting, two days in Vienna, and a sizable delegation from each. There's at least seven people from each side in view in the photograph from Xinhua News. So I thought, all right, I'll have a go. So that was quite fun, just picking apart these tiny little readouts. And the summary, of course, is that they're talking again, which is good. You know, diplomacy is good. Um, And the other one was that the readout from the US was very well crafted and they seem to have upped their diplomatic game as it were by ensuring that they gave the correct role descriptions to the lead Chinese diplomat 
and their own, and they were very careful in how they worded uh, their article. It had all the elements of pre-agreement about what can be said and what couldn't, and so each party had a little bit of freedom of movement, but it was largely uh, heavily coordinated, which is fair enough, you know, part of what diplomatic meetings are about. Anyway, so it was a lot of fun pulling that apart, and I hope you enjoyed it. So now we move on to other stuff that happened. First off the bat, here's more follow-ups to the second of the uh, same, same, but different article, which is that the UK's offer for long-range missiles to Ukraine was praised by the US and then confirmed by the UK, who are setting these storm, shadow, whatever, air-launched rather than ground-launched long-range missiles. So that's not exactly what uh, Ukraine wanted, but that's what they got. Next part of that was that, of course, when I said in the... The thing about uh, Biden's visit to Papua New Guinea, you know, quoting the, the line from Star Wars from Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. Yep, it was a trap. <laughs> because what's the title? Biden to sign military and surveillance agreements with Papua New Guinea. Well done, Papua New Guinea. You got sucked into the empire. And the last one was, this is from uh, news.andywar.com. US lawmakers introduced bill to combat Syria normalization. I.e., no, Syria, you can't do that. You can't go back into the Arab League and be amongst your fellow Arabs and we're going to put more sanctions on you. Yeah, good on you. So that's just more of the same, actually. But, you know, again, more follow-up. We move on to an interesting follow-up to the US Intelligence Leaks series. And it's an interview just released between... Judge Napolitano and Larry Johnson on the Judging Freedom show, in which Johnson makes note of at least one of the photographs which were used by the FBI to describe to the court how the accused, Jack Teixeira, had an, a weapons cache, an arsenal. Johnson points out the fact that, see the little orange caps on the end of those guns? That's because they're paintball guns. They are not real guns. I know they look pretty good, but they're toys. So what you have there is either incredible incompetence from the FBI or they're lying to the judge. And they ask themselves the amusing question, which of those two is worse? Johnson replies, you know, imbecility can be sort of solved by education and training. Lying, that's a different matter. We then have a few articles related to press freedom. So uh, Reporters Sans Frontières, that's Reporters Without Borders, released their annual report with a Global Media Freedom Index fluffery, which I think is a complete codswallop. But anyway, on one hand, the Ukraine's press freedom score increased, despite the fact that the government centralised all of their media and is repressing political parties and all of that. So Ukraine goes up and India goes down and they're now at 161 out of 180. And the line there is it's about it. Most of the major media are under the thumb of the President Modi and so forth. And so there's a link below to all of this. There was a there was a, RT did an interview with their one of their journalists in India who then interviewed another journalist and so forth. We're having a bit of a go at this and saying it's all a bunch of BS. So that was quite interesting. Ukraine getting better, India getting worse. I mean the media landscape in India is just ginormous. I mean it's one point four billion people on radio stations and papers and sh- everywhere. I mean how the hell are you going to assess it in the first place? 
Moving right along, we have actually an interesting story which has a bit of a background. So sorry about this, I'm going to go sideways into it. So the most recent developments in it are that former Prime Minister of Pakistan and former cricket legend Imran Khan was arrested by armed thugs in a court where he was on trial for corruption. And then what's happened since is that the Pakistani Supreme Court has uh, demanded that, that he be released on bail uh, because the or, or that he's just set free completely because the arrest is, is... You can't do that, Dave, essentially. So the background to this is, and I think it was about, oh, it's about a year ago now, where there was a vote of no confidence put forward in the Pakistani parliament and a the government led by Khan at the time only had a slim majority uh, a few as in two or three members of his own party crossed the floor to vote with the opposition and that was what got him uh, removed from power he then produced a document which he hasn't quite released which alleges that the US were essentially behind this it looks very credible Afshan Ratanzi on Going Underground TV did a really good interview with Imran Khan about this. So there's a whole history of essentially the... There's a lot of corruption involved in um, Pakistani politics and essentially the country has largely been run by military dictatorships or hunters, if you like, uh, for many, many years, which the CIA are closely uh, involved with. And there's a reason for the CIA, to, or, or the US at least, to be involved there because the animosity between India and Pakistan is long felt since the partition after the post-Second World War dissolution of the British Empire. And they both have nuclear weapons, and if they get really upset with each other and start firing weapons, that's not good for anyone. So it's sort of understanding why various powers want to you know, have their fingers in that play. However... I'm of the opinion that Imran Khan is actually trying to assert Pakistan's independence and actually cares about the Pakistani people. And that the reason that the US decided to get involved, and he's, I'm saying I believe former Prime Minister Khan's accusations, the reason the US got involved to depose him was because he wasn't doing the independence thing. Pakistan is a key member of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. So Pakistan, India, Russia, China and the stands were the sort of major initial components of that. Since this year, they'll be formally admitted as a full member, Iran. And we've got dialogue partners now, including Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates, and a whole bunch of other places, nations, and many more wishing to sign up. We've got uh, Argentina, Morocco, there's a whole host of countries that are getting on board with the getting out from underneath the financial thumb of the US slash NATO financial structures. So that's what that's about. So it's quite a complicated, but still a very interesting story. Lastly, on the other stuff that happened section, I finished with something which I think is quite amusing. And that is, this is a section that um, Jimmy Dore did on his show, talking about the video that Tucker Carlson released in which he says, 
I'm going to Twitter. I'm going to do a show. I'm going to use Twitter as my publishing platform. And the point of that is to look at the complete meltdown that happens with a couple of talking heads on the MB, on um, MSNBC, which is classic. And they're, they're asking the question, who's going to police him? Which is just wonderful. Anyway, so Daw has a lot of fun. Link below. Enjoy it. It's a bit of a laugh. It's about oh, 15, 18 minutes, something like that. But it's a bit of a laugh. So that was my summary of stuff that I thought mattered that I didn't talk about. And now we move to the most important subjective article of the week. And that article is the first of the good news articles. And it's a, a group who've put together an organisation which is going to run a public tribunal after evidence has been gathered and to target the US's military industrial complex or the top four weapons manufacturers with war crimes using the Rome Statute. Check out the video with Bill Quigley and Kathy Kelly uh, in the article. And Quigley lays out the argument, which is that the Rome Statute essentially defines what war crimes are, and it's not just for, you know, soldiers killing civilians and so forth. There's also a clause in it which is to do with aiding and abetting the committing of war crimes. And the argument is that the weapons manufacturers, especially those who are producing things like cluster munitions, know that this has to happen. You know, war crimes are, war crimes are going to be committed if these weapons are used. So it's an interesting legal idea. It has no teeth whatsoever in the US because the US has not signed up to the Rome Statute and it's the Rome Statute that establishes the International Criminal Court. And as we know, the US actually have passed an act called, jokingly, the Hague Invasion Act, which is whereby if any US member of armed services and so, or so forth is imprisoned in the Hague to be tried by the International Criminal Court, the US is going to invade the Netherlands and free their you know, imprisoned souls, <laughs> which is quite funny. So I actually thought it was a pretty cool thing to do. An interesting approach to, to peace in that the US, the military industrial complex, as warned of by President Eisenhower in his farewell address in 1961, let us all know that, you know, this is a problem. So going after the weapons manufacturers is not a bad ploy because they've got this whole damn thing sewn up. They're getting this huge amount of money out of the public purse, taxpayer dollars, and then using that not only to charge exorbitant prices for their weaponry, but also to bribe the Congress set up um, uh, offices in all of the congressional districts to make sure that they've got the ear of the Congress critters. They pay huge amounts of money to the mainstream media, in theory, which is for advertising. It's not. It's essentially about editorial control. So it's, it's you know, they're going after, I think, the sort of key linchpin. If you can tear these guys down, then you know, and, and sweep that corruption away, that'll go a long way towards reducing uh, the US's desire to or support of wars in general. So I think it's it's got bugger all chance of succeeding, but I think it's a cool idea and I wanted to highlight it. So that, of course, the article is a follow-up on the peace article from last week where I sort of said, 
if you can do anything, you know, smile at strangers, whatever little thing you can do to promote peace and happiness, go do it. And that's cool. Uh, and so that was, from that came the spotlight article on Dimitri Lascaris. Uh, and this is another on this group who are organizing the Merchants of Death War Crimes Tribunal. More power to them. Have a lovely weekend. See you next time.